episode of Mind Matters, uh, where I have the absolute pleasure of chatting with Drew McAdam. Uh, Drew I've known for quite a few years now. Um, we have a few mute, um, connections in terms of background, uh, one of which is the military, uh, but he's a fascinating guy to speak to and, and definitely have a look at his Facebook page and his website and his details. And he does, um, he is very happy for people to email him so you'll find his email address in the in the show notes uh on the youtube and on the website uh on my youtube channel and on my website um with the show notes for for the audio version of this so if you do or if you are listening to the audio version of this go to my youtube channel because there's things in this that you need to see um as well as as, as here so drew mcadam is a mentalist and a mentalist is someone skilled in non-verbal communication who uses mental acuity observation and suggestion he is a master manipulator of thoughts and behavior um, and he's scotland's foremost mind reader according to the bbc and many other people uh, he has entertained and baffled representatives from almost every major commercial company you can think of he has also demonstrated his mind-boggling demonstrations everywhere from the usa to russia ukraine slovakia sicily and across europe to africa uh, Buzz Aldrin, Barry Cryer, OBE, Roy Bremner, Chris Tarrant, Alice Cooper, Uri Geller, Kenneth Callender, Tina Turner, top athletes, sports personalities, radio and TV stars, top politicians and members of royalty, to name just a few, have been left open-mouthed in astonishment at his remarkable demonstrations, and they are. I can assure you I have seen them firsthand. His flexibility enables him to entertain in a variety of forms and manners, from intimate groups to hospitality functions and after-dinner events, and from trade show stands to full theatre shows and everything in between. He, uh, he's had numerous TV and radio credits to his name, including a hilarious special guest appearance on Ready Steady Cook, where he not only read Ainsley Harriet's mind, but bent all the spoons. <laughs> uh, he's also the subject of the recent BBC series School for Genius, he was presenter and performer in the BBC BrainSmart project and had a regular spot as the interrogator on the UK's most popular daytime talk show, The Trisha Goddard Show. He's a regular guest on STV's The Hour. He was also a contributor on BBC Scotland radio talk show. He regularly appears in newspaper and magazine articles and most recently his skills have been called upon by the National Geographic Channel and BBC Radio 4. So, in this we talk a lot about change. Um, in life, how to deal with it, how to embrace it, and the importance of that, of, of embracing change, whether it's planned or unplanned, whether it's, you know, you think it's welcome or unwelcome, because it is very much about perception, and his work is very much about changing people's perception, going from, as he talks about in this, going from what's believed to be the impossible to the improbable to the possible. So he has a list here of 20 different jobs he's had throughout his life and uh, a wish list of things that he wanted to achieve in his life, um, which is a, a very, a very long list, which will all be in the show notes. You can see for yourselves. Um, but yes, I hope you are enthralled and mesmerized by his chat, his wit his uh charm and how uh 
his perception of life and change because he has absolutely embraced it. He refuses to grow up. And I think there's a lot that we can all take from how he views life, how he lives his life and his perception. So I hope you enjoy. Have fun. Please comment. And if you want to get in touch with Drew, he has absolutely given his permission. He loves to, to hear from people who have questions and he, he will get back to you at some point um, because he does reply personally to all to all those emails. So enjoy and have fun. So, <laughs> thank you, Drew, for um, agreeing to come on and talk about your life and all the wonderful uh, adventures that you've had. Because having a look at this list here, my God, it's, uh, it's um, yeah, boys' adventures, definitely. Never grew up. Never grew up. No, 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 no. It's there's there's no point. Life's it's take it too seriously. This just gets very dull, doesn't it? Exactly. <laughs> so obviously there's gonna be some people who will um undoubtedly know who you are. Uh yeah. and <laughs> it's, oh shit, really? <laughs> <laughs> the plan failed. Um <laughs> and but for those who don't obviously listen back to the intro again if, if you're not familiar um definitely an eclectic mix of of uh jobs throughout your life yeah uh, and a lot of change which is a big part of why i reached out to you to 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 see if you'd be interested in coming on here because with this being about matters of the mind obviously it's very much in your line of work and has <laughs> and has been for a long time really so how, how was how did you really where where did the interest for that really start you know what I, simon i i like people um that that is that's the that's kind of where it starts um i mean i know there are people out there that you want nothing to do with and that's fine i won't have anything to do with them but in the main i like people and it, it kind of started with the whole thing when i was at school there was a, there was a teacher walked past me i'd never seen them before he was a supply teacher and he looked across at me and he said, must be difficult learning to play guitar when you're left-handed. I thought, this guy doesn't know me. He's never how do you possibly, is he psychic? And I was, I was very interested in sort of the paranormal and so on. Um, yeah. You know, carry out my own little experiments in telepathy, which never worked. Um, <laughs> so I thought, this guy must be, you know, how, how, how can you possibly know this? Um, and I, I bugged him for a couple of weeks and eventually told me he noticed when he was walking past me that I had very short fingernails um, and I had calluses on my on, on the tips of my fingers from learning to play guitar and I wore my watch on my right wrist. So he just put two pieces of information together and came up with something that in theory he couldn't have known. I thought, this is great. Um, and he said, it's just pure Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. I yeah. the Sherlock Holmes. I was, I was 13 or 14. And he said, go to the library, get out a book. Sherlock Holmes, Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, read it, um, which I did, uh, and I, <laughs> I never gave the book back. <laughs> <laughs> God knows what the fine is on that book now, but it's still sitting at the time. I became fascinated by this idea of, of observing, um, because we don't observe things, we don't notice, um, so it's all part of the mind. So I, you know, there's a thing I do sometimes when I'm doing seminars, for example, um, I will ask if anybody has a watch, you know, an analog watch. Yeah. And I'll hand over the watch and say, how long have you had your watch? 12 years. How often do you wear it every day? So you've looked at it thousands of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so tell me this, what's the number seven on your watch? Is it a dot? Is it a stroke? Is it a Roman seven? Is it a normal seven? And 90% of people can't tell you. They have no idea. Now, if you don't even notice that, what else are you missing? Yes. Um, even if, if, if I had a coin of the realm, 50 pence piece, the queen's face, is she looking left or is she looking right? Now, we've seen that thousands of times. And again, most people don't know. And a lot of what I do is based on that observation and then deduction. So as part of my shows, I use science, psychology, chicanery, a lot of chicanery, yes. observation, deductive reasoning, and I kind of put it all together and it produces this thing that uses different parts of the mind, for example, for memory work and so on. Um, yeah. And that's, that's basically, it started off with Sherlock Holmes and ended up on a stage somewhere. <laughs> on stage, on TV, doing stacks of corporate work. Thankfully, again, now after all that COVID nonsense has, um, has settled, um, people can back moving and working again because that was a that was a, 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 um, a very unwelcome change, wasn't it? <laughs> no. No? no so I'm not, you you know, enjoyed the break. Talking about change. Yeah. I absolutely embraced it. Yeah. And in, in the fortnight prior to lockdown, I spent one and a half nights in my own bed just because I was traveling, I was in hotels, I was doing little shows, so on and so forth. So lockdown came and everybody said, this will drive Drew off his head. <laughs> you know, this is not going to be good. And I absolutely embraced it. You know, here was a change which was forced on me. And one of the things that I've discovered through all the things I've done is whether force was because I chose that, that change or whether that change was because it was forced on me, it's always worked out for the best. Yeah. And I always ended up looking back thinking, thank God that happened. Otherwise, I wouldn't be where I am just now. So this, this change was forced on me. Um, I took up, uh, I, I used to do a bit of painting. Never really had time for it. Yeah. But I had time and somebody suggested I use soft pastels. So, okay, bought some soft pastels, did that. Put some photographs up on Facebook. I don't know if you saw these. I did indeed. People go, oh my God, these are amazing. Do you sell them? Suddenly I'm selling paintings. Um, I, I, I went out taking photographs, wildlife, because the, what I discovered is that the, the wildlife, there were no humans about. They were coming out thinking, where is everybody? Um, taking loads of photographs when we got to we got to travel like five miles at one point. Was there, That's uh, right, yeah. I went locally. I found places I didn't know existed. Um, so the, again, this this change was forced and I have thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, you can yeah. either you can either just turn your back and think, oh God, misery, 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 or go, right, what can I do with this? And what I discovered is that everything it became everything that I thought adulthood was going to be when I was a boy. Mm. I had all this time for hobbies and nonsense and I could build, you know, an airfix kit. I didn't, but you know, that, that was I, I could have done that. I could have Yes. Done any of that. I suddenly had all this time. I, I, you know, um, fortunately, uh, has to be said, fortunately, I had put money away for a rainy day. I had a quite a, quite a sensible mother who had always forced that on me. You know, to yes, I had some money put away. Um, I, I don't live a great lifestyle. I don't need fancy cars or 
I mean, it doesn't interest them. I'm more interested yeah. in experiences than in money. Um, yeah. So that way, plus I, I, I did get the payment from the government because I've always paid my taxes. So that helped. Yes. Um, yeah. but, you know, I, I know that some people were going to be financially struggling. Um, and again, you know, that, that's, that force has changed. Find, find something to do with it. You know, yeah. all seeing, improvise, adapt and overcome. Grab that's it. it. Grab it. Great. The expression that was ringing through my head, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's how you perceive things. And really, when it comes down to it, everything that I do is based on perceptions. And, yes. and when I give seminars, I talk about perception. Um, I mean, another word for perception is labels. Mm -hmm. So it's how you perceive. Something has happened. It's how yeah. you, what kind of label you put on it. Now, as human beings... We have so much information coming at us. The only way that we can deal with that is to pigeonhole it, to put labels on it, which is great. Um, it makes things simple. Yes. But if you stick the wrong label on something, that can cause all kinds of problems. <laughs> Let me give you an example. One of the jobs I had when I was 14 was a Saturday boy in, in the store in my hometown. Yeah. Now, I am, I will admit, I am, I am a prankster. I do like <laughs> um, And one of the things I discovered back in those days when you got a tin that had a paper label on it, do you, do you remember that, Simon? They were yes. And they were gummed. Now, I discovered that you could ease the paper label off a tin and ease it off another tin and swap them and then put them back on the shelf in the shop. <laughs> beans and toast, excellent. Make the toast, open up the tin of beans and it's custard. You know, that's like... yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is it never came back, never come back to me. It's always waiting, but it never came back. So that's, you know, you put the wrong label on something. That's funny. That That's, you know, that's a bit of a, a laugh. And another story, how we can label things wrong. Great story, this, and it is a, a genuine is a true story. It was a um, big argument broke out in a pub um, not that far from here. Um, two guys really having a go at each other and one of them set off, um, you know, insulted the other one and set off into, into the night. And it was very dark. It was nighttime. Um, he was later discovered lying on waste ground um, with his head caved in. I mean, he was he was unconscious, but he's mm -hmm. uh, and a bloody brick lying beside him. So, of course, the police they went interviewed everybody. It's quite obvious what had happened, you know. That yeah. Somebody had followed him out, whacked him with a brick. It wasn't until he regained consciousness that they discovered what had actually happened. He'd been walking across the wasteland in the dark and found a brick, and he thought. I wonder how high I can throw that. <laughs> now, the police obviously put the wrong label on it. You know, everybody put yep. the wrong label on it. They saw that, they drew, drew the wrong conclusion. These are kind of funny in their own way, but what if we put the wrong label on ourselves? That that's that's really when it gets when it gets bad. We it's self-limiting. We limit ourselves. Absolutely. Um, and I'm fortunate in that I'm too much of an idiot to stick on labels. So, you know, like things being 
impossible. So hence part of what, what I do is, and, and you know this, um, and I do actually have some spoons here. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> it's what I do. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you know the story of that, but in November 1973, um, it was the Dimbleby talking, and it was a chap called Uri Geller came on, uh, a, a young Jewish guy who said he could bend metal just with the power of his mind, cutlery and so on. Um, and he did that, and I thought, God, that is just like the coolest thing. Being able to just take a piece of cutlery, stroke it, and it melts. It's like, you know, being able to do that, that would, that would definitely get me girls. Um, <laughs> so that was in the November. Um, for the next few weeks, everybody had spoons. I mean, it was huge. Yeah. It, was, it was the story. Every, everybody was trying it. They were all stroking spoons and, and trying to get it to melt. And eventually they would go, oh, that's impossible. And I thought, well, it can't be impossible because he did it. Yeah. And we do put that label on things and say, that's oh, impossible. Whereas maybe it's only improbable. Yes. Rather than impossible. And it's only impossible because I didn't know, or they didn't know, how to do it yet. Love that word. Want me to bend the spoon for you? Go on, do you it. Know you know it's impossible. These are uh, <laughs> these are budget spoons. Um, I buy these from uh, Macro. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing. You know, they're, they're not anything special. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll watch this on the camera to make sure I can actually see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So all I do, this is what he did. And I thought, I've got to find a way to do that. And I have to say that one month later at the youth club Christmas party, um, I asked if anybody had any any metal, anything. And a friend of mine had a had a house key. And I, I took the key and I stroked it and it just curled up. So all I do is just stroke it very gently. And in my mind, I'm asking the metal to bend. Now, we know that this is impossible. Of course it is. Now, I can feel that now. It starts to go kind of waxy. Can you, you can see that on camera, just... Yeah. Yeah, just... And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not putting any pressure on it. I'm hardly, hardly touching it. So, so many people label this as being impossible, but I was too stupid to realise that it was. So, turns out it's not. Now, there we go. It's really going now. Yep. Let's try this. You should see it just going like a liquid. How cool is that? I mean, it's, it's just ace. <laughs> impossible. But not Absolutely. Impossible. Not impossible. Even and this drives, I, 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 you probably know this, but Uri, Uri and I, um, we've been close personal friends now for a long time. And this drives him nuts because he can't, he can't do this. And I don't know if you've seen this before, but it's, 
see it just going. So if what we're watching is something that's impossible, except it's not. If you label it impossible, you make it impossible. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Yes. <laughs> I make a living out of that. Hello, it's fantastic. Isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely love it. That's what I'm saying. You know, it doesn't matter why the spoon bends. It doesn't matter how the spoon bends. It's it's an icon. It's a symbol for something that should be impossible that isn't. So we get our perceptions wrong. And I think that's the most important one, sticking a label on something, that it's something is impossible, or I can't do that. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, the story of Roger Bannister. Yes. You know, the, the, everybody knew that it was impossible to run uh, a mile in under four minutes. It just, it, it was humanly impossible to do it. And that was just accepted until I think it was 1954. Um, Something like that, yeah. Roger Bannister ran a mile in under four minutes. Yeah. But what was remarkable wasn't the fact that he did that. It was the fact that within a month, another athlete had done it. And by the end of the year, there was nine athletes had done it. Yeah. Because the obstacle wasn't the mile and the obstacle wasn't the four minutes. The obstacle was in the head with everybody just assuming that it was impossible. And so that, that paradigm shift of going from what was impossible to what was improbable and then what was possible changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, this is what I love about what you do is, is, and other, you know, other people in, 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 in the craft, just shifting people's perceptions of what is possible. Mm -hmm what they can do, how they can change, how they can embrace it, even though it's things that are completely out of their control, is you kind of, and it is a paradigm shift because you can see it in people's faces, can't you? You're just like that, what mm -hmm. the fuck is going on? <laughs> You've seen me doing, it's the same with the thing with the, like the memory, I do a lot of memory work and yes. I, I love memory work. And I know we were talking just before we come on that you spoke to somebody that was I don't know how many years ago when I did that. 2014, he said. 2014, he still remembered the list of, of objects yes. that just simply by learning a, a memory system. Um, and I've said to as many people, you know, oh, I've got a terrible memory, terrible memory. And they're telling themselves, I've got a terrible memory. Their subconscious is going, oh, I've got a terrible memory, right? And, and it believes it. Whatever you tell your subconscious, it's going to believe. Yes, um, yes. And, and I would maybe ask them, to, what's your hobby? You know, what, do you, what do you enjoy? Oh, I like football. What team do you support? Say, Harps, you know, Harps and Midlothian. Um, <laughs> see, I thought you liked football. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and you say to them, do, you know, do you remember when the last cup that, that Harps won? Yeah. Um, how long ago was that? They would tell me. Say, where was that played? Who was the team? Who scored? They can tell you who scored what time they scored that, how the goal was scored. So they have got a poor memory. They've got an excellent memory for things that they're interested in, things that they can visualize, yes. things that mean something to them, but they have convinced themselves that they have got a poor memory. Um, and I, I, that happens a lot with, with people as they get older, oh, I've got a terrible memory. No, you don't. 
And I can prove that to you. I can teach you a way of memorizing within just a few minutes, 25 objects, forwards and backwards, um, because it's your memory is better than you think it is. And once people realize that, they start thinking differently. So a lot of what I do is, is done like that, how easy it is to mislead ourselves and yeah. mislead other people, which is, as a, as a mentalist, what I do is I play with people's perceptions. I know how they think. Yeah. Um, and I just play with that. Um, that that's, that's part of it. And it's, it's like you just, if you're drawn towards a negative, that's where you're going to end up. I, I don't know if I, if I've, it's, it's a, I've, I've written about this before. I know it's called, have you ever heard of the magnetic tree? Yes. The magnetic trees. That was something that happened to me and I put it out as a story and it kind of grew legs. Um, and this actually happened. I, I was doing parachute jumping at Errol in Fife. Um, and the jump master had said to us, look, once you're up in that, in that plane and you go out, you'll see the landing zone. It's a huge area of green, massive area. And in that massive area, there is one tree. <laughs> <laughs> when you're coming in, do not look at the tree because it will turn into a massive magnet and that's where you will end up. And I thought, this is, this is interesting because it's true. <laughs> I've spoken to people like um, rally drivers and they're saying, oh yeah, when, when, if I'm going into a corner and I'm going to skid, I look at where I want to be. I don't look at the ditch where I don't want to be because if I look at where the ditch is, that's where I'm going to end up. Yeah. And I think that's part of why I have had an interest in life because I almost naturally look at where I want to be rather than where I don't want to be. It's, it's like, a, you know, it's, it's that yes. changing that perception. It is. There's that old expression of where attention goes energy flows and mm. that's well that's good yeah i haven't heard that yeah yeah I've, I've, where did i pick that up from i can't even remember now but yeah that's been something i used for a long time yeah it's just the magnetic tree isn't it it is yeah and in, in, you know in that self-limiting where people stick the wrong label on themselves um regularly yeah yeah and it can be it, it becomes almost like a habit I, I don't know if you've ever you'll know about this again it's the magnetic thing about the magnetic girl i use that quite a lot but uh, I, I did it once um had a series with the bbc um and i was doing going around primary schools it's called school for genius and i was teaching kids how to memorize things and that were capable of more than they thought they were yes um and they had to change the batteries in the, in the camera at one point. So they said, Drew, could you do something to entertain the kids? I'm like, okay. So it was a bit Galloway, the, the, the Radio Scotland. Uh, yes. The, the, we were doing it with. And he works out, he's quite a you know, strong guy. So all the kids were watching this. Vic, do you, do you think you could lift me up? Just put your hands under me and just, like, yeah, yeah. Said, Go on then, do it. So he lifted me up and then I just looked at him and I said, Tapped him on the forehead, said, weak as a baby, weak as a baby, now lift me. So he put his hands under, couldn't get me off the ground, could not get me off the ground. And the veins were sticking out in his head, 
the kids started laughing and I looked around and I said, who's the smallest kid here? These are primary school children. Yeah. Little girl, little tiny little girl. I said, try and lift her, Vic. Couldn't get her off the ground either. Now, nothing special had happened, but I'd gone through a ritual and it was done with, with authority. Yeah. That weak as a baby, weak as a baby. And then that confident, now try and lift me. So he went to lift me and thought, he does feel a bit heavier. Oh my God, I can't lift him. And he talked himself into not being able to lift me. And it was yeah. so strong that he couldn't even lift the little girl, which was um, actually a funny story about that. When he was talking to me, because it was it was done just on audio, he said, so you read people's body language, you look at what they're doing. So somebody's giving you some kind of signal. You know? <laughs> now, the listeners couldn't hear that, but I was trying to keep a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> After this situation where, you know, where he couldn't lift a little girl, the kids had said, you know, are you going to put him back the way he was? I went, yeah, yeah, that's not a problem. Vic, turn around, turn your back to me. And I just slapped him on the back of the head. <laughs> <And> said, <laughs> so is that what puts it back to normal? I said, no, I just want to hit you. <laughs> <laughs> actually convinced himself that he couldn't <coughs> well I'm not particularly heavy um, yes. and he's a little girl he he'd done that to himself he'd made it impossible for himself and yeah and that people humans we do this day in day out to ourselves which is ridiculous I think those who don't know it's happening um, yeah we, yeah we don't and we, it's, it's conditioned as well isn't it you know it's all very well, you know, people say, oh, have a positive mental attitude. Yeah, all right. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> because there's the whole physiology of it. So if I put down a plank of wood and I said to you, could, could you walk across that? It's only, you know, it's one foot wide, 10 feet long. It's on the ground. Just walk across. Yeah, you just walk across it. So now if I put that same plank between two buildings, yeah, 12 yeah. stories up, would you walk across it? Oh, no, you know, that that's totally different. It's the same plank of wood. Nothing's changed. Yeah. But your perception of it is different. So it's exactly the same that Vic's perception of his strength, his ability, was gone. So yeah. I sometimes yeah. get people to, I don't know if you've seen this, but, you know, it's, for anybody that's watching, it's worth trying this. You get somebody to hold their arms out, either side like that, and you... You say to them, whichever is their their weaker arm, um, so if they're like, you know, if they're right-handed, they would use their left arm, um, and they think of something um, that makes them really, really happy. Um, you know, so that's something that brings them joy, whether that be their kids or, or you know, a particular place or whatever. And you explain, I'm going to push down on your hand, and all you do is just resist as much as you can, just resist, and uh, just for a few seconds. So once they've got that image in their mind, they close their eyes, they've got that image in their mind, you push down the hand, and you, you really have to push quite hard to, because they're resisting. You then get them to get a stronger arm, do the same thing, hold out, but this time to think of something that makes it makes it really makes them really angry. Something makes them furious. Um, and you do the same thing. You can take two fingers, put it on the back of the wrist, and just go like that, and their arm will go down. Yeah. So their thought is having an effect on their body. It actually physically changes your physiology. Yeah. 
It's remarkable. So it's all very well saying to people, I'll have a positive mental attitude. But as part of my seminars, I will sometimes demonstrate that, getting people that can lift me and then suddenly they can't lift me because they don't believe they can. Or how having negative thoughts actually affects you physically. Yes. It, it is. It's, it's astonishing, isn't it? That, um, that we can actually, of what we're capable of, but we deny ourselves the opportunity to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, it works on such a, a subtle level as well. Mm. Now, this is going to sound crazy, but this has worked for me. I, 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 I sent you something earlier on about, you know, things that Yes. Uh, you know, little adventures and things. Um, genuinely, I have fulfilled every single one of my boyhood dreams, apart from being an astronaut. There were some crazy things on there, you know, nuts. Um, I wanted to, yes. a huge James Bond fan, you know, doing, you know, the, the, the Aston Martin DB. Oh, what? I'd love to, I'd love to, to drive that. That would be so cool. That, you know, that was how I thought about it. Yeah. Um, I'd love to fly in, you know, helicopters. I was fascinated with helicopters. That would be so cool. Um, there's, there like, must have been like twenty of these things that, that as a kid, all yeah. I thought. That would be cool. <laughs> and for some reason, my I genuinely believe that your subconscious thinks, oh, okay, I'll see what I can do to arrange that. Yes. That's why everything that happened. And the tapestry and the complex story of how these things actually came about would take me years to explain, you know, from from where I'd, I'd always wanted to be, you know, I'd, I'd, when I was a kid thinking, oh, I'd be, being a writer, that'd be a cool way to make a living. Yeah, I'd like that, that'd be cool. Ended up being a writer, writing short stories, writing um, for the local paper, running competitions. So when it came up, the Cars of the Stars, for example, um, yeah. ran a competition in the local paper, I had a, I had a weekly column, um, went down there, they had the Aston Martin, would you like to drive it? Bloody right. The <laughs> <laughs> work is amazing, you know. Um, you know, I, there's, honestly, there's 20 things like that that, that I wanted to be a, um, I always thought that'd be cool to be a fireman. Now, I'm, I'm five foot seven, um, so, you know, it was never going to happen as a full-time job. But again, as part of the writing, I, I was writing about valuable volunteers, and I went down to a local fire station and interviewed um, one of the guys there uh, who was a retained firefighter, so he would wear a pager. Yeah. There was a fire, Pager would go off, jump the car and go. And I was talking away, <laughs> talking away to this guy. And I said, um, he said, where, where is it you live, Drew? And I said, oh, Paul Beth. He said, oh, they've got a problem there with the, the West Calder fire engine. He said, uh, they haven't got enough of a crew during the day because people that live in the village work in the village. I said, there must be people that, that work in the village as well. Mm during the day to crew the fire engine and I'm thinking I could put this in the paper maybe a little recruiting drive you know get some people in uh, I said um, you know there must be people there 24 hours a day I said I'm there 24 hours a day you know that moment when you say something <laughs> it's like I know really we <laughs> were standing outside the fire station that night thinking I said to him and then he said to me, and that was it. You know, for six years, I was a retained firefighter. Another boyhood dream, just because all I thought was that would be cool. Not making it happen, 
but just in your subconscious. That's how powerful the subconscious yeah. is. And if you can think like a kid and think that would be cool and just let it happen, you will meet the right people. You will be in the right place at the right time. You will get a skill which doesn't seem usable at that moment, but comes in later on. It's, it, the mind is so powerful. Honestly, we have no idea. We haven't even scratched the surface of it. No, 100%. I know there's all the science behind it, psychology behind it, but the gorilla fighting of that, of what the subconscious can do, is just setting it down the right path. But it's so easy to go down the wrong path. You know, it certainly is. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've tested that theory as well. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's try that. This is something I want to try out with you. I, I said to you, go on then. With the A4 sheet of paper and a, and a, and a pen. Yeah. Now, this is just to show. Um, it's almost like this, you know, if something goes wrong, I can guarantee you somebody somewhere assumed something, right? So um, I'm going to draw things here, and I want you to, I'm going to describe what I'm drawing. So you do the same thing. So I want you to draw um, a circle, quite a, quite a big circle. Middle of the page or anywhere? It just, yeah, yeah, middle of the page. Yeah, yeah, big circle. Now, just go by my instructions. I will tell you what to do, and I'll be doing the same thing. Adjoining that circle, um, I want you to draw a smaller circle. So it's actually touching. The edges are touching. Okay. Okay. Um, and on that smaller circle, I want you to draw um, a triangle. So it's touching the edge of the smaller circle. Touching the edge of the smaller circle? Yeah, yeah, triangle. Touching the... the Okay. Okay, now in that smaller circle, draw another smaller circle inside it. Now, the big circle, we're back to that again. Okay. Um, at the opposite side from where you drew the smaller circle, I want you to draw um, a, a rectangle. A rectangle? Yeah, yeah. Done that? I have. Excellent. Um, and at the, so you're, you're getting a kind of Picasso painting forming now. Um, at the bottom of the, 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 um, the bigger circle, um, draw a couple of lines, uh, perpendicular lines. So it's almost like, you know, it would be like a number 11. This is... Yeah. You're an artist. This is going to, you can sign this later. And at the, the bottom of, oh, the, of each of these, just draw, draw a little line as well. At the bottom of each one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That should do. Right, show, show me what you drew. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not bad. That's what you should have drawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. <laughs> That's not bad. That's I'd tell you. That's that's a lot better and more bird-like than most people end up. Just... Yeah, yeah. It's not bad at all. Mine's either having a rest or um, in mid-flight. You get the idea. You know, you're being given instructions, and they're never going to look the same. You know, where mine is yeah. obviously a bird. You know, yours is. You know, you may be beginning to put it together. It kind of looks like. You know, as a clown with a pointy hat, or a... yeah, <laughs> it looks you know, better horizontally than it does portrait. 
But it, again, that's just been given instructions, and and then you're not quite, you, you know, your perception of what's going on is different from what's actually going on. Um, yes. Actually, another one. This is another favourite of mine. Let me show you this. How easy it is for the mind <coughs> to, to fool itself. Um, I may have shown you this before, actually, because it is one of my favourites. Um, three men went to buy a television set, and the television set was £15, and they wanted to have an equal share. So how much did... It's not trick questions or anything. So how much did each individual contribute? You would five. Five, yeah. But it's not a trick question or anything, yeah. So they handed that over. The chap gave them the television. The three men set off up the hill back home. The sales assistant went through and said to the boss in the back room, um, I, I've just sold that television set to the three guys that live up the road. The boss said, oh, I know them. He said, go and give them a fiver back. So the sales assistant sets off after the three men and he's got five one-pound coins. Halfway up the hill, he thinks, I sod this. So he takes two pounds and he puts them in his own pocket, which leaves them with... Three pounds. So he gives each of the men back one pound. Yes? Yeah. So how much is each man paid now? Four pounds. Four pounds. So three fours are... 12. 12. Plus the two pound in the guy's pocket is 14. Yep. But you started with 15. <laughs> Where's the other pound gone? Yeah. No, I don't know either. No, either. It's... So you're being led down a path by your own mind. Yes. Absolutely logical and ending up somewhere. Illogical. I should tell you the story. Actually, I did a, a, a show once uh, for the Institute of Accountants. This is like all the top accountants in London in their headquarters. I was running late, not any fault of mine. It was the flights coming down. I ended up getting changed in the back of the, the car that was taking me to the venue. I got there. There was a chap outside and he said, oh, you know, we're ready to go. We're ready to go. Come up. So I'm running up on stage. It was, there was a flip chart. And I needed that little bit of time to get my thought together before I did the kind of mind reading side of things. So I said, oh, you guys will be able to tell me this. So there would have been 150 top accountants sitting there with their bow ties on, you know, that's it. Three men went to buy a television set, it's £15, blah, blah, blah. Each put in, you know, £4, um, three fours of 12 plus a £2 guy's pocket. It's £14, but we started with £15. Where did the other pound go? And I expected to turn around and see all these accountants go, well, that's very clever about the accounting. There were 150 guys in that room. Don't worry about it. But what I'm doing is that I am playing with your perception. It's how I make my living. Playing yes. your what you think is happening and what's actually happening are two different things. I'm putting the wrong label on it for you and taking you down a path. That's what we do to ourselves all the time. So we see a change. We think we've got this change. Oh, my God, this is terrible. You've just made it terrible. And thinking that's terrible, you have literally just made it terrible. Yeah. Yes. You know, there's, there's things just words just keep popping out to me that just kind of capture what it is that you do in your way. I, I in, in my own work, I, I 
do do the similar thing or have the same effect for people, but mm-hmm. in a very in very different ways, because it is about the power of thought, perception, deception, confusion. Yeah, yeah. And confusions. I love confusion. Confusion is a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> Spent most of my life in that state. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because looking at your list, I mean, I ah, oh, morning. It is still morning. Yes. <laughs> I love it because this is. But I, but I used to do the, the treasure show. You know, when I was the interrogator on the treasure Goddard show. Yes. Uh, the, the guys were in the gallery, and um, they, they would have the camera set up and I didn't allow any cameramen in with me so there's two camera and one camera um and we had the whole thing set up with the tape recorder the angle poise lap the whole thing and every so often I, would, I had different glove puppets I would just bring them up and just <laughs> 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 no I love it absolutely love it I'm wondering did you because obviously there's a point where you did all this other stuff and you did then you joined the army mm-hmm. what sparked that same <laughs> <laughs> thing that sparked everything else you know how i became a photographer you know sitting thinking um god you know loads and loads of kids out there people at that time it was it wasn't digital very few people had that yeah you're making making a living could go and work in Helensborough or Edinburgh or down the borders and just, you know, would you like photographs of your kids? I bought the equipment. Um, I knew nothing about photography, absolutely nothing. But what I did is I joined a company that, you know, used to remember they used to go around the doors, would you like photographs of your kids taken? Yes. And I around the doors and, and I was speaking to the photographer, going, why do you use that particular lens? What, what's the parasol for? What? And all I was doing was gathering that information because I wanted to do it myself. Um, and that was just one of these things of literally thinking, yeah, that'd be a good idea. So joining the army was the same. I mean, it was I was I was older before I went in. Yeah, you know, I was quite young, and I was twenty-seven at the time. Okay. When, when I went in, um, and again, I didn't fancy sleeping in ditches, and it came down to the oh, intelligence. That's the James Bond thing. I like that. That's because it's nothing like that. No, no sadly not. <laughs> you know, and. Um, Again, that was it was just one of these things. Why not? Why not? Well, Fire brigade, same thing. Yeah. Doing the yeah. right thing, same thing. You know. <laughs> did that did was there was did that kind of shape or give you a bit of direction for for to what you you do these days and what you have done for a long time in in some it, way? It, it almost it gave me a lot of the discipline. Again, it was one of these things when I said I was going in, that folks say, oh, you won't last 10 minutes, you know, <laughs> undisciplined, but I loved it, you know, that, having that structure. Um, yeah. I mean, I got best recruit, which was quite something, you know, I mean, that was, yeah, yeah. but again, you know, when I said, why are you giving it to me? There are younger guys here, they're better than me, they're doing... And they said, tell you why, because if we were pushing a Land Rover out of a ditch at two o'clock in the morning and it was pouring with rain, you were the guy that made the joke. <laughs> so I was down to not taking life too seriously. Yeah. I'm sure that was a big part of it, but it was it proved everybody wrong. I didn't go out to prove everybody wrong. I just went, oh, I like this, this structure. I'm pushing myself, that, that idea that, yeah, I can do that. 
you know. Yes. Well, and and you know, with 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 your your um, fascination with with observation, must have come in extremely handy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 and uh, you know, the actual, you know, like resistance to interrogation, actually doing the interrogating, finding that. You know, you know that I'm fascinated by reading people's microexpressions and non-verbal cues. It's, yes. it's quite a bit of what I do. So although I have a plan B when I'm on stage, um, I have a way out. I always have a plan B. Yeah. Um, my plan A is, is done exactly as it looks. If I find I'm struggling, I will go to plan B, which yeah. is a bit of chicanery can come in. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, so it's it's something that I'd, I'm I'm working without a net, but I do have my plan B. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's just good good practice, isn't it? As to uh... yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there's, there's not anything that I do on stage um, that on a good on a good night I couldn't do for real. That's yes. So, you know, the whole mind reading thing, oh, we must be psychic. I'm not psychic, but I'm using other techniques. And sometimes I will have to rely on chicanery to get the effect that I need. But I will always get the, that end result. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an accumulation of information, isn't it? To 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 get the result that, you, that you're looking for. Out with the chicanery. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But it fascinates me. The whole thing has always fascinated me. So that was certainly within tactical questioning mm -hmm. um, i found there were better ways of doing it um which yeah. is what i used when i was on the trisha goddard show you know as the interrogator you'll yeah. see me very friendly um you know and it's almost this understand why you did, did i would if i'd been in the same situation i would have done exactly the same thing little things like you know, not sitting opposite on the side of the desk. I would bring my chair around the side of the desk. You know, yeah. just this ecology of all these things. And within 20 minutes, um, I mean, they, they used, um, you know, the, the lie detector, which takes like two hours. I would have the guy crying within 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be nice by, by, you know, just using the psychology of that. Yes. And again, that came down to, you know, would you be able to do that? And it's like, the answer is yes. What's the question? And that that's got me into a lot of great, great places. And it's, yes. it's not being afraid of change, not being afraid of it. It's like, what's the worst that can happen? Well, exactly. It either works or it doesn't, or it's somewhere, somewhere in between. But and, and I guarantee, you, if you make that change, it will lead on to something better at some point. Something that happens in this new world that you're in. You will meet the right person. You'll be at the right place at the right time. I can't explain it, but it comes down to that that way of thinking. Yeah, and I I think what you you touched on before is being having that it's that childhood childlike curiosity, isn't it? Because yeah. it, it gets it gets beaten out of us, gets drummed out of us. I, yeah, I don't don't, don't ask questions, you know. I was at high school, and and it was coming to the point where. You know, I'd always had, you know, my report cards were always Drew's a very, you know, Drew's an imaginative, imaginative kid. And I'm thinking, no, I'm real. I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes no sense. Why, why are you locking me in this place? Um, and at the high school, <laughs> they were saying, what, you know, what, what are you going to, in fact, I'll give you a great example of that as well. What are you going to 
you know, what you're going to be when you leave school. Yeah. I, clue. I genuinely didn't have a clue what I wanted to be. And I could never guess, you know, oh, I'd like to be a mind reader. I had all these, you know, these. And I said, look, I, I don't know. And he said, well, use your imagination. And I remember saying, I can't. You beat it out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the school. The education is massively uh, pigeonholes people, doesn't it? You have to be a certain way. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It brings us back to what we said at the beginning. We pigeonhole ourselves. We yeah. put labels on ourselves, and that is even worse than a school or an education system doing it to you. you yes, know? it's harder to argue with your own mind, isn't it? You're never going to. You're never going to amount to anything. Oh, really? Yeah. You're never going to amount to anything. Or you think, well, I don't actually care as long as I'm having a good time. Yeah. This is more important than money. Um, so there was one, one time there was a teacher there that absolutely detested me. And I have no idea why. Um, again, being a bit of a prankster, his, his wife was the music teacher. And I know that I've done a few things to a piano in my time. So <laughs> He really detested me. Um, at one point, he said, "You just have to look at me sideways, boy, and I'll belt you." Oh, no. <laughs> I know. Stupid expressions. <laughs> and um, I had to do what I'd said was a, a good friend of mine said said, "You know, when asked what you're going to be when you leave school, I'd said an architect." And I thought, "Yeah, that sounds reasonable. That'll get everybody off my back. I'll tell him I won't be an architect." But to do that, you had to get your engineering drawing. You know, that, that was obviously an important part of it. Yeah. It was the higher prelim. And uh, I came in and sat down and this teacher had said, I don't know why you're here, McAdam. The only marks you'll get, the only uh, score you'll get is for, if you can spell your name right at the top of the sheet, just get out. And he put me out of the room. So, shit. So I went to the library. I'm sitting in the library thinking, what am I going to tell my parents? You know, I've built all this up about, oh, I'm going to be an architect. And the art teacher came in and he sat down beside me and said, I've heard what Mr. So-and-so has done. Um, why don't you sit your art higher? Because you'll get that. Even though I wasn't taking art at that time. Yeah. Uh, knew that I was interested in art and seen some of my, you know, paintings and things. I said, but the prelims are passed, you know, so I, I, I can't sit the prelims. He said, no, you don't need to sit the prelims to sit the higher. You, you can just sit the higher. It's not necessary or part of it. I said, can you let me think about that? And um, I'll get back to you. I think, well, at least it's a way out. I'll get, get higher for something, you know? Yeah. So I was walking down the street in North Berwick, Lock, Lockbridge Road, just at the back of where I lived. And this little grey car pulled up beside me and it was one of the other technical teachers. McAdam, come here. And across and he said, I heard what happened. But you're not sitting here, you're higher. He said, we'll call this guy Mr. Smith, because there'll be people that might watch this, you know, the family and so on. He said, I heard what Mr. Smith had done. He said, why don't you teach him a lesson? And I'm thinking, I said, what, like, Set his garden hot on fire or something. <laughs> <laughs> You're higher engineering drawing and pass it. So wow, that that would really be something else. So I went in and I sat my higher, and it was like 
I don't care whether pass, fail, doesn't matter. I sat down and it was like some part of my brain. I don't know if you've ever had that, Simon. You switched on and you knew exactly what you were doing. It's like everything just cleared away. Yeah. I can't explain that. But every, I sat and I knew exactly what I was doing. I was the only person that year to get my higher engineering drawing in an A. Wow. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and even, even though I'd gone back afterwards and he said, well, McAdam got an E. I don't know how he did it. He must have been cheating. Didn't matter. So there was a hot button there. And it yeah. was that realizing that if you can find your own hot button, and it just took that expression, why don't you teach the, the, the lesson? Yes. Uh, he knew how to switch me on. And my whole oh. perception changed. And it's like your subconscious just picks in, picks up. And I know that people go on about the subconscious and, you know, the secret and, and sending wishes out to the universe and all this sort of thing. <laughs> I have no truck with that at all. Absolutely none. I think it's much simpler than that. There's this huge part of our mind, of our brain. And it, it doesn't need trained. It doesn't need pointed in the right way. It just needs, that would be cool. And it will do it for you. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to have that that desire to, to to want to do it, haven't you? Because it's going to be because it could be fun or interesting or yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be just cool. be cool as. <laughs> <laughs> so many people I've shared that with that have you know that like one person for example that I know really well, um, single parent, two teenage kids wanted to go to university, went to university. I taught them a lot of the, the memory stuff, right enough. Okay. It, and it just started with a, it went from a, well, that's impossible to, that would be cool. You know, that would be cool. Mm. And it's like, I just goes, okay, um, who do we need to talk to? And found people that they needed to talk. It's, it's almost miraculous. It's more miraculous than spoon bending of the stuff I do on stage. And if it's the one thing that I can leave with people, it's that just think of things and think that would be cool. Not yeah. how, how do I plan it? Let your subconscious do it. And I know that sounds new age and airy fairy, but it actually works. And I'm proofing that. Yeah, because you find you find ways. If you really want to, you'll find ways to make it happen. It's like your subconscious find ways to make it happen. It's like you know, me performing. Who would have thought? You know, me performing. I mean, I, I don't know if you know, but I used to suffer terribly from stage fright uh, to the point Maybe where... saying before, yeah. Yeah, yeah, where somebody, you know, it was... I'd, I'd always been interested in doing these little impossible things and, and I did a charity event, walking up to tables, you know, and said, hey, would, you, would you like to see something amazing? It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> And there was a guy at the table who was an entertainment agent, and he said, where have you been all my life? You know, the spoon bend and stuff. This is great. You know, I could get you gigs. Okay, that would be cool. And again, it was one of these things. Um, and it, it was, that's how it started. But my, my stage nerves were stopping me from doing it until somebody pointed out that the, the physiology between stage fright and excitement are exactly the same. Yes. Can't sleep the night before, butterflies, no... You said, just tell tell yourself that it's that it's excitement. Yeah. Two days of doing that, driving to get, oh my God, I just want to turn the car around and this film will stop. No, no, wait. This is excitement. I'm excited. Two, and that's it. I do live, I've done, you know, like live television, 
the theatres were, you know, three and a half thousand people, four thousand people, it's nothing. It just changed that that whole yeah. thing, just the, the change in the in the brain went, you know. Powerful, powerful, yeah. and yet simple. Yes, well, we make we we have a this tendency to make things complicated for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's about what's... loving loving your own subconscious you know and just letting it go on with it and yeah uh, never losing that child that's inside this is what was said <laughs> you know it was actually it was clint eastwood that said that they said you know you're still making films you're still directing How, you know what's the secret of longevity and he said keep breathing and don't let the old man out and it's true yeah the, in there it's still in there and it can be our best friend or it can be our worst enemy the worst enemy when it's the, the little oh. kid oh i'm useless I've, I've been told i'll never come to anything um the good part is that oh wow <laughs> this is you know i think i mean think of the things that happened when i was a kid um i'm watching now people are talking at the moment they're talking about oh there might be power cuts and you know all this you know doom and gloom and you know yeah horrible um, I was in my early teens when we had the power cuts in the 70s, and they were brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> we made candles, we were playing card games, we were telling jokes, with guitars, singing. It was brilliant. Yeah. And now it's become doom and gloom. Nah. Yeah. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> nah, be right. Always, always find a way to have fun. Yeah, yeah. Always that a way. Constant curiosity. And your subconscious rewards you. So change, you've got this change that you've got to face up to and oh this is it you tell yourself it's a bad thing and you make it a bad thing whether you think you can or you think you can't you're right yes i've been told i was i was told before i joined the the marines that I, oh no you'll never be a royal marine and my first response was oh really yeah, yeah and then yeah. i was i was like why do you tell me why <laughs> you think i can't do that mm -hmm. yeah just watch me <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's, it's 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 quite a difficult thing to do, you know. To often, um, you know, and it's the same. You'll have had that where there's some sad major just yelling in your face, and you, there's nobody in here. There's nobody in here. There's nobody in. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Switch off. You know, you can do that with your mind. Yeah. Uh, I, I had it. I, I mean, doing it in the fire, in the fire brigade. <laughs> it stood me in good stead. There was a guy there, and it, you know, it is a uniform service. And, mm -hmm. and your number off, you know, one, two, three, four, and you're at the ladder. The ladder's down one at each corner, depending on your number. And I found myself, <laughs> there were three of us at one end of the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one that came across me. Why are you standing at this end of the ladder? And I said, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Get over there. <laughs> Don't leave life too seriously. You'll never get out alive. No. <laughs> um, and so many people that go through so many bad things can help other people that are going through bad things. You don't need me to tell you that, you know? Yeah. And you know, I went through a bad time myself. Unfortunately, yeah. I'm out the other side of it. Um, but that whole one step forward, one step back, me, of all people, Mm. Yeah. Um, that wasn't something I could do on my own. You know, I had I had people that helped me. Yeah. 
Yeah, we uh, all need help from time to time, don't we? Of course. And I want to be one of these people that they help, that inspire by whatever means necessary. And if that's teaching somebody that, I mean, I've had it, it was called the Serenians, it was a charity, was young lads that basically been told you'll never come to anything, the family had kicked them out, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I'd put up this list, you know, saying like the memory system. Um, and I'd, I'd I taught, I taught them this system and I picked on this one guy and said, right, showing you how to do this. Give me the list. And I turned the list away so he couldn't see it. And he's saying, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll never come to anything. I'm, he was really down on himself. He said, no, you can do this. Think of the story. <laughs> Zoom calls are just freezing. <laughs> yourself a cup of tea while you're doing it and just <laughs> the clients really don't appreciate that yeah this guy started doing it and then i said right give me the list backwards and it's just a case of telling the story in your mind backwards and as he was doing it he started to cry because he realized he was capable of more than he thought he was yeah something as simple as that well you know i i've i've seen you working in various guises for many years and you know very delighted to become a friend of yours and it's just i know that having seen you perform live as well that's when i came down to edinburgh that time i really appreciated you coming all along that was that was I, you had trouble with your shoulder at that time I yeah think. and you made me cry as well at the end you bugger <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic though it was really good i don't think you were in the night my mum was there <laughs> Oh. emotional like you well know. yeah no kidding I'm, holy crap i genuinely couldn't talk at the end of it when i got to the end yeah. of it sorry for those that are watching this we won't go into the whole thing but that music was playing dear father and my, my dad the old cine film and my dad walking around yeah. and me stepping out on the stage with that single spotlight and just standing behind the little boy yeah. in his pajamas and he went oh my god that's true that's his dad that's what he was talking yeah. about it was phenomenally done it you know, and nobody, we never filmed it. We never filmed it. Oh my god! Yeah. No, that, that that was that 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 blew me away. That was so such a good show, mm -hmm. and hopefully inspiring as well for people. It what massively? I mean, what you do in in changing people's perceptions and changing their minds about what's possible and what you know, and just getting people's you you do definitely up people's curiosity. Thank you. That's that's a good thing for me to hear. One of the best things I heard, and I think it's one of these things that was, I was at a place called Archerfield. Okay. Show for 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 um, it was a corporate thing. There were only about 20, 25 people at this, and they were having a meal, and I went down and introduced myself. There was an old gentleman there, and he said, "It's always, what's your product?" Sorry, your, your product. <laughs> you, you're selling. And I don't know where it came from, Simon, but I said, I said, do you remember when you were a little boy and you had that sense of wonder, that curiosity, that, that overwhelming sense of wonder about things? Said, yes. He said, that's my product. And I, after nice. the meal, we went up the stairs, they all sat around and I put on, you know, a 40 minute show. And this old chap was sitting at the very front. And when I finished, he got up, he came across to me, he shook my hand and he said, that feeling you were talking about, that sense of wonder, I felt 
Jeez. Nice. My job, my work here is done. Never lose that sense of wonder. Never lose that sense of wonder about yeah. yourself, what you're actually capable of, and realizing you're more powerful, more able than you think you are. And if a change is forced upon you or it, it falls into your lap, whichever, I guarantee you it will be a good thing in the long run. Guarantee it. Don't know how it works, but it works. It does. And there's, for anybody that doubts Drew's um, ability to read minds, I was going to ask you for pearls of wisdom, and you've just dropped them. <laughs> I think your work here is done. That beautiful. Listen, seriously, Drew, thank you for uh, chatting. It's I've I've been, as always, sitting spellbound because I could listen to you and watch you all day. It's just brilliant. Love it, love it, love it. I remember we met up in Aberdeen once, and at the end of it, I realised I'd just been talking all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, you were slightly wired at the end of a show, weren't you? So yeah, yeah, that was, oh, that, was, that, was, that was the cinema. That was the town. I think that was that the. Uh, as in the, the Union Square, the shopping mall. You, was, yeah, um, yeah, I think it was the, the cinema that was there. The, the, yes, the oil company had taken over, and yeah, and I was doing my thing in the cinema. Yeah, and that was that was quite a few of them. So yeah, I probably was quite wired. <laughs> it's the child in me can't help me <laughs> listen I'd be quite happy if anybody's watched this to get in touch if they've got any questions you know feel free to put my email address out or whatever okay. um, I will always get back to people I will always get back to them okay um, well, I'll put all your details in in the in the in the, the, yeah. the show notes etc so and this will go out on, on audio version as well on my website so there'll be on YouTube and website audio version so well, that, that drawing of the duck's not going to work then, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but then they... <laughs> so, yes, if you yeah, if you are listening to this on the audio version on my website, go to YouTube and uh, watch it on there. <laughs> the duck. And, and, the my... and what happened? Where the extra pound went? Yeah, 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 please. Suggestions on a postcard. Love to know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Thank you again, Drew. And oh, I'm probably anytime, sign, anytime. Maybe, maybe we shall we can we can talk about some other things um another time. My pole dancing career. That would be this I would yeah. love to see. Yes, <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> is that still on the bucket list? Is it? No. Never <laughs> now there's it's a now that we don't have pound notes you know to <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, this this is the perils of having a good imagination <laughs> yeah <laughs> do not think that would be cool do not think that would be cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah damn it yeah. yeah excellent all right mate thank you very much i will um yeah we shall chat another day no doubt excellent cheers drew thank you Bye. Bye.